You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard exclusively here on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. We are broadcasting from their state-of-the-art studios in the tech-space facilities in beautiful Costa Mesa, California. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to consider listening to our show live during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Smart Business Magazine, Decision Toolbox. The goal for the show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs and business owners, to make better and more informed decisions. How do we do that? by interviewing peer CEOs and business owners about topics of interest for you, our listening audience. And boy, do we have two great guests today. Our first guest is Joyce Sutton. She is the founder of Satori Discovery. And Satori Discovery is a coaching firm, and it's great to have you on the program, Joyce. Welcome to the program. Thanks, sir. I appreciate being here. Tell us a little bit how someone becomes a life coach. Well, um, actually, the industry right now is not a government-regulated industry. So life coaching, you could actually have people out there right now saying, I'm a life coach with really no background other than they decide to hang up a business. Um, however, that there are a couple government agencies, or I should say uh, self-imposed of the industry, right. um, organizations, International Coach Federation and the Certified Coach Federation, that the industry itself has kind of said, okay, we need some type of governing organization out there uh, that has uh, you know gone through and required like number of hours to get certified with education etc so the schools that are out there um, you know when people are looking to get uh, into life coaching really want to make sure that that school follows their regulations and is um, accredited and approved by either one of those organizations so there's uh, schools out there um, that you take courses to become a life coach okay so you opened the door for me to ask you did you attend one of those schools I did I went through World Coach Institute. And how was that experience for you? It was actually, it was really good. Um, you know, I had a great class of, you know, they keep the classes down to intimate, only 12 students max. Mm-hmm. So get to know all your fellow students, and we were all across the country. So how did you decide that at this phase in your life, becoming a life coach was the right thing for you to do? Tell us a little bit about how, the inspiration and how you came to that decision. I'm not sure if I was one that decided. Okay. What do you mean? So I'll I'll explain that. Um, I think my entire life, actually, I had a calling of wanting to help people. In fact, back in my uh, college days, my original major was going to be psychology. And then I changed it to communication and then went into a a world of corporate world. And recently, I've, I've... I guess through all my corporate uh, life, I had this calling of wanting to help people on a deeper level than the, in the business-to-business sales. And it got stronger and stronger. And um, over the last few years, I'm, I've really felt this need of wanting to help people after my family lost a young one. And it makes you really, really prioritize, you know, what do you, what's going on in your life. And so I thought of Make-A-Wish Foundation, maybe, you know, working for some type of nonprofit organization, but none of those seemed to really, you know, fill my calling, my need. And um, so I was searching, and one day I woke up, and I had this loud voice in my head that said I was supposed to become a life coach. And, really? And that's why I said I didn't decide. Wow. 
and quite honestly, I didn't even know what a life coach was. I had to go march over to really? my laptop and, and do a search on the internet going, what's a life coach? And so that's when I knew that that really is what I was supposed to do. It was a, a divine calling. Yeah, that's not something you could ignore, right? I mean, yeah. That sounds like certainly something that you need, to, you were drawn to. And that's, so for those in our audience who may not be clear on what a life coach does or how that co- that aspect of coaching works from your perspective and how you're approaching your practice could you share that with our audience please um yeah i mean life coaching i guess one of the main things i want to point out is it's not a therapist it's not a counselor so someone would come to a life coach that's you know looking for someone that's going to help them achieve their goals, uh, go through, you know, blocks that they're not living the way that life that they want to. So they're not looking for therapy or actual clinical diagnosis. They're looking for, again, someone that's going to help them get through blocks, whether it's career, professional relationships, spiritual, um, you know, maybe it's trying to figure out what their life purpose is. So life coaching is really your, a coach is asking questions and, and digging through into someone's, you know, thought process and the client is answering and, and with them having to answer and having basically held accountable for an answer, they're listening to themselves come up with some of their own solutions and really kind of identifying their own blocks because you, you're asking them questions of, you know, what was the motivator for this or you know what would you do if it was a perfect world describe your perfect life whatever it might be their situation and as they're you know answering they're viewing what a life could be like and then you're when you ask what they've done to achieve that or what's holding them back a lot of times actually it's some type of fear does it have to be someone who feels maybe blocked or plateaued or could it be also someone who is very satisfied but realizes maybe they could even take it to the next level and maybe bringing someone like a life coach such as yourself into their life might actually help them either accelerate the ramp they're on or reach a level that by themselves maybe they couldn't reach without your outside intervention. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because I've had, you know, very successful people that I've coached and they realize, you know, maybe the time management or organizing or not letting go of some of the things of their job responsibilities that they should pass down to someone else and that's holding them back from, you know, other aspects in their life. Um, Sometimes, I guess, kind of sidetracking a little bit here is what I've really found of people coming to is that they're, they don't have a balance, you know, so really successful people, they're overwhelmed, they're working all the time, but then they feel they're neglecting their family or their, you know, well-being for their taking care of themselves. And they need the life coach to help them figure out a balance between life, social relationships, family. Joyce, we have about three minutes until our first mm-hmm. commercial break. And so I just like if you could share with our audience your focus, your your area of expertise, let's call it your niche that okay. you, that you practice that your practice operates within. What I got certified in is I got certified in to be a wellness, health, spiritual, relationship, professional, and a general life coach. So in those areas, okay. And my focus actually is I coach women. And, and when you said life balance, that my mind I don't know why because I you know this is this is a universal challenge for successful business owners and executives. But I I don't know why, but I defaulted to thinking well that. This is a common challenge that I've heard from with many successful women because maybe there's more expectations of them and in, in, in outside of work life or not. But uh, why did you choose to focus on women coaching, life coaching women? 
I think it, it, it's personal satisfaction of myself, um, again, coming from the corporate world. A good portion of that was in a man's industry, so learning how to thrive and succeed in it, um, being successful at it, and having the, the challenges myself during that of balance between life. And so as a woman uh, working in a man's world, I think we do have to prove ourselves more. We do have to work harder. Um, we're held to a different set of standards a lot of times. That's absolutely true. And we have so many other things that I would like to talk with you about, but we're going to take our first commercial break. I'm speaking with, as our first guest here today, is Joyce Sutton, and she is the founder of her own coaching firm. And I love your name. I'm going to ask you when we come back, Joyce, tell us the genesis for Satori Discovery. And so we'll be back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two minutes here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's succession strategies when it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Welcome back to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and I would like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 11,000 copies of our shows over the past 30 days. For that, we here at the radio station and radio show really want to thank you for your continued support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net. Or they can be rebroadcast anytime from Apple's iTunes, Stitcher, and other business-oriented podcasting services. Our first guest here on the program is Joyce Sutton. Joyce, I was going to ask you to explain the name for your firm. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me the inspiration for that, please? Uh, you can. Uh, actually, I thought of you know using my name um, as the business name, but it really, for my vision down the road, wasn't going to fit 
to say, oh, you know, Joyce Company. So I eventually want this to grow, that I'll have a center and that I'm going to have a place for people can come in for meditation, have other coaches that work there, um, have a room for workshops, seminars, um, different things said to go on. So I wanted an actual company name. And so when I was trying to come up with an idea, I came across this word that actually is from the, the Buddhist religion, and it's Satori. And in the Buddhist religion, it actually means a sudden awakening, a new enlightenment, wow. and seeing into one's true nature. So that's what Satori means. Wow. And discovery? I figured looking into one's true nature and sudden enlightenment, the discovery of that, that was a perfect marriage. Wow, that's really a... First of all, congratulations as an entrepreneur with starting with a big vision. Thank you. Uh, I think that's wonderful. And fulfilling it, I think having that kind of start with the end in mind really probably affects a lot of the decisions that you're making in the early stages of as building the firm. Mm-hmm. And putting it out there and being able to talk about it is so powerful to helping you achieve it. It helps us all understand where you're going with your firm. Talk to us about your target clientele. Who out there might be listening as you know, business owners and CEOs listen to our radio program, some here in Southern California, some across the country. Who might be, who's listening today, would be the type of person that you would want to think about working with you as a life coach? Uh, well, again, my, ta- my target clientele are women. And uh, I really have found a range of women that has been uh, coming to me. So to specifically say a type of woman is kind of hard because I've had the housewife, I've had the entrepreneurial women, I've had the executive women. So I've kind of had a broad range, um, you know, that has come to me because they each have a, a specific, you know, area that they're looking for. One, you know, time management or balance, or it might be, you know, like I said, in the health or wellness aspect of it. And I think, you know, part of my unique nature is uh, the first time we met, um, I told you about that I was a psychic empath. Yes. And Love that. so I find that my clients are drawn to me probably from my energy when they meet me or talk to me. It's an energy that they feel from me. And um, a psychic empath for um, it's kind of something new. I figured out what the terminology was because it's something I've been my entire life more recently. And uh, for those who don't know what that is, a psychic empath not only has compassion for somebody's feelings, like you're sad or happy, we physically feel and take on people's emotions. So I could be sitting next to somebody and they might be, you know, internalizing, I mean, no one I'm even talking to and they might be angry or agitated and I'm starting to feel all that anger and agitation or someone's really sad or, or excitement, whatever. I, I physically have the physical emotions of somebody. How exciting in my mind to hear you say that because you're taking a gift, a natural gift that you were born with and you're using it to help others. I think that, and that's a point of differentiation, I'm sure, for you as a life coach as well. I, I'm sure that there aren't many who have have your gift that are also in your profession. So that's that's a wonderful added value that you're bringing to the marketplace. Do you do workshops and seminars as well as personalized life coaching? I can, and I can do it specific if, you know, however many people that someone wants to have a workshop for, I can, and if they have a specific topic or area that they would want me to help them with on a workshop, I could gear a workshop for that. are your clients in Southern California? Or no, let me give you an open-ended question: Where do your clients reside? Across the world, really, if they wanted to. But uh, primarily, so far, it's been U.S. Okay. But um, coaching really 
80 to 90 percent of coaching is done over the phone. So there are not geographical restrictions since, again, it's over the phone. Um, and quite honestly, I find a lot of times if I'm, I'm talking on the phone with someone versus in person, I can truly concentrate more on what they're saying. Really? And I still am able to tap in on the empath side because I, so I tap you read in. my mind. <laughs> I was going to ask you, can you do it long distance? Absolutely. Um, I can still answer people's questions without them asking. No. <laughs> But, um, yeah, because you can tap into somebody's energy across the world. We're all connected on a, a universal plane, so you don't have to be in person to have an energy connection. Can I ask you one more question about being be, having the gift of being mm-hmm. a psychic empath? Do you find that it works universally the same with all people, or do you find certain people you're sort of a deeper feeling connection with how how does that work i'm sorry you meaning with my clients or people you, in general you were yeah the example you were using you happened to maybe sitting by somebody who you're not even mm. in the coaching engagement for but you might be able to feel their internalized stress i mean do you find that that's kind of a universal or are there are there other times that where you really find it even more powerful with certain individuals for some reason oh absolutely i mean because people that are um, not guarded and more open uh, absolutely you, feel you can tap into their energy really easily um, it's more of a factor of i've had to learn over the years how to turn it off for myself because it's sensory overload uh right. friends new york city is a really tough city for me to go to because of the fact of all the energies that are in that city. Um, so I've had to learn how to turn it off for myself. Otherwise, it's sensory overload. Well, you know, I I, um, I believe, and as the younger generations move into the workforce and become more prominent, that it's very important for the leaders to be transparent and genuine. And and it's kind of a tangent question, but I'm just I'm thinking it, so I want to ask it because maybe somebody in our audience is thinking it as well. Uh, could you use your gift of being a psychic empath to help people to be more transparent and open? Because you can naturally sense when they're more open and transparent. I mean, is there an opportunity for that? Absolutely. I mean, I can sense when clients are giving me inauthentic answers or they really haven't identified the true block because I can just sense how they're answering the question because I, a lot of times it's like a deck of cards. Things are laid out and I can see it. I'm waiting and ask questions, hoping, you know, the client will eventually get there, too, because I can see it. And what sometimes a, they can't. What a differentiated coaching opportunity because it can't fool you. Right. No. I mean, not that you would pay somebody so that you could fool them, but I mean, let's be honest, sometimes people are guarded even with the things that they need the most help with, and you being able to tap into another level of understanding, I would think could be very powerful in transforming and helping people. And it's not even so much that they're they're guarded. A lot of times the blocks are blocks because they don't want to identify it themselves. They're afraid oh, to look at so it. They're not even in, in touch with it. And maybe. that's why they can't move forward is because of the fact that that is a fear, a block, something they don't want to acknowledge, something they don't want to face. So even though I may ask questions, it takes sometimes you know, really digging deep for them to finally get that aha moment because they don't even want to face it themselves. That's wild. This is great. Uh, Joyce, I know we had a, a, a whole slew of questions that I wanted to ask you. I'll probably have to have you back on a little later, maybe sometime next year, to get to the questions that we're not going to get to today. But I, I'm curious, what is a typical engagement like for you? I'm not asking you necessarily to disclose your cost pricing model, but just in a general sense for people who might be interested in learning more, can you give them an idea for what would engagement be like that, that you generally work with your clients? What, what's that like? Like a session or a program, yeah, packages? Is it, a, yeah. uh, it really depends upon the person 
and as to how much they want to work on their life. Um, I mean, I can do an individual session, and that's basically almost like an intro, just because of the fact that, okay, you tap into a little bit, but like anything, it takes practice, repetition. You know, habits, it takes 21 days to form a habit, three months to, to form a lifetime habit. And so you can't imagine in one session you're going to change and create a lifetime habit. Right. And so really, I mean, truly a person needs to do a minimum of three sessions, but I would recommend, you know, more than that because the more repetition you have, the more accountability you're held from someone to have to report back if they're working on the tools and the action plans that you create in the coaching session, obviously the more they're going to benefit from it. We have like three minutes left here on a radio program, and I'm sorry because we, it, we, there, my mind's going in several different directions, but we'll, we'll, um, we'll bring you back on the radio program and we'll Thank talk you. about this a little bit more in the future because I, I, I didn't make the connection, frankly, even though you and I've had chance to get to know each other and talk about how this gift of being a psychic empath could impact the profession and how the right people could really get a deeper experience from and with you. Um, in your coaching, working with your female executives or whomever they are, are you finding any common set of opportunities or general challenges that pe- that women in today's business world are facing that, that they're bringing to you, or is it unique and individual to each person? I think it's unique to each person. Um, in the corporate world, the common theme, again, is really balancing, you know, having time, because I think a lot of the, the very successful women are putting in so many hours to prove themselves that the balance of coming back home and if they're they're married and have kids, the role in the household has the man, you know, the husband stepped up as well with the cooking and the cleaning, or does women still have that role, traditional role when they go home? Um, so that's a, a whole challenge right there in right. itself. So. Let's talk about you for a second. Now, we've got three minutes left here for your part of the radio show today. Paul, our engineer, just gave me the sign, so we've got three minutes. Let's use them wisely. In your sense of moving from the corporate world where you were successful, but you really weren't applying all of your talents and your, your full Correct. self to being now where you're fully immersed in this, can you just share with other, because there are entrepreneurs to be that are listening to the radio show, they're executives working with firms. Can you give a sense of encouragement for what's your life, how's your life different now professionally from being a successful corporate person to really finding your life calling. I think that every time I do a coaching call or I get to talk about it or out meeting somebody, it's the most gratifying feeling. And, I mean, it's just very fulfilling, and I wonder, like, why didn't I do this sooner? There's the message, all right? For those of you that are sitting on the sidelines, you would-be entrepreneurs who know that you have a gift that you're not fully sharing with the business community. I couldn't have said it better. So, Joyce, if someone would like to learn more about you, your coaching style, your practice, your firm. How do they find you online? My website is satoridiscovery.com, and Satori is S-A-T-O-R-I, discovery.com. I'm also on Facebook. My email is joyce at satoridiscovery.com. I'm also at 949-637-4839. Thank you for being a friend of the program, being willing to come on and share your business vision, your gifts, and a little bit about your practice and I'm getting a note that somebody's asking you to spell something. I'm sorry? She did spell. Oh, she did. Yes, thank you. Uh, my engineer was trying to help us, but we, we, we were good, Paul. All right, well, uh, thank you again, Joy Sutton, thank for you being for having a guest me. on the program. Welcome to our ever-growing community here in thank Southern you. California. And ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. We're going to take our second commercial break, and then our second guest today is Carl Hardesty. He is founder of his own firm, Hardesty LLC, and uh, we're going to be talking about a range of different things about his firm and trends that are existing in the interim executive services and in- interim executive 
alternative search services. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. There's something happening out there today. All across America, we're seeing encouraging signs of economic recovery. Businesses are once again thinking about new growth, and new opportunities are emerging. But it raises the question, is your company positioned to take full advantage of the economic recovery and the opportunities it presents? Maybe it's time to ask, how has the recession impacted your business model? Is your business as relevant as it once was? Should you consider entering new markets or expanding into new categories? And what do customers really value about their relationship with you? The golden thread through all these questions and the answer to each and every one of them can be found in just one place. Your brand. It's much deeper than your logo and much bigger than your advertising. Your brand is the enabler of your entire business strategy. Rikas Baird is a brand strategy firm that can help. They specialize in business branding. They've helped hundreds of companies from startups to Fortune 500 leverage their brands to drive growth. They can do the same for yours. It's really quite simple. Find out more, just visit brandingbusiness.com. That's www.brandingbusiness.com. And plant the seed for economic growth. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and I'd like to let you know that our audience demographic is 98% business owners and CEOs and executives who listen to our show to learn from our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our program may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our radio show. Last month, we delivered over 20,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions. And if you'd like to learn more, then contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. 
All of our shows can be found as podcasts from our website, Critical Mass, M-A-S-S, for business.com. All right, as promised, a returning guest, Carl Hardesty, who is founder of his firm, Hardesty LLC, is in the studio. Carl, welcome to the program. Thanks, Rick. Great to be here. Let's talk a little bit about the kind of companies that Hardesty LLC serves. Well, it's a wide range. It's typically the sort of classic middle market um, company, uh, anywhere from ten million to five hundred million. We do have a couple of clients that are in the billion dollar range, but um, sort of your classic middle market, not startup and um, not huge, but right in the sweet spot of America. Any specific industries that you service? We have um, we service most industries. We have a couple of industries where we have very good expertise: healthcare services. Aerospace and defense, manufacturing, high tech, uh, software, and um, and then actually education. We have four mm-hmm. education companies. It sounds like, and maybe it's it's just hitting my ear this way, but a lot of fast growth companies or companies that are industries that are growing rapidly. Is, is that a focus for you, or is that just kind of where you've settled? It is a focus. We like growth because there, that means there's lots to do. There's lots of financing uh, challenges and growth challenges, and it's. Um, we do have a division that actually um, uh, concentrates on distressed companies, but that's a different um, division. Our our hardesty focuses on the healthier side, although we do have a couple of companies with uh, challenges. But we we love the growth companies, and they're it's a lot of fun being part of that uh, that that growth. When you were on. The show the last time, if I remember correctly, you were talking about the work that you were doing in opening an office in Houston. Right. Can you give us an update on that? Yes. We opened a Houston office in February. Um, that's um, probably the, one of the most dynamic marketplaces right. in, in the country right now with all the oil and gas and fracking. And it's uh, it's a city on fire. Um, it's uh, it's going well, and it's uh, it's the oil and gas you know center of the universe right now with all that's going on. So we're very happy to be there. And um, it's going well. Uh, we've. Um, it, it's funny we find these incredibly large companies with actually no financial infrastructure. I mean, the, the dollars are just rolling in. There's plenty of capital and uh, plenty of business. So um, it's a good place if um, if you have oil and gas expertise. It's a good place to be. Is that why you were in Houston? Did you see that the market was exploding and they needed your services, or had you planned to move into Houston and you sort of benefited from the fact that it's on fire as a market? We were looking for a Texas location. It just so happened okay. that I found the right uh, practice leader in Houston, and it was actually a former client of ours um, and who became available, and um, he's doing quite well. So the right background. So we'll move into a market where we actually find the right practice leader who can uh, tell the hardesty story uh, in the right way. Are there other cities, and this isn't an exam if you don't want to answer it, I understand, but are there other cities in the U.S. that maybe aren't receiving as much benefit as Houston, because that is an oil and gas mecca, but are there other locations that you're seeing now, kind of with your awareness of Houston, other markets that are seeing a similar uplift from the robust energy discoveries? And Well, North Dakota uh, is is big. Pennsylvania, you know, there's lots of... Lots of uh oil in Pennsylvania that used to be hard to get out of the ground, so uh, this new technology makes it efficient to get it out of the ground, but North Dakota is um, sort of in a frenzy. Right. Um, lack of housing, lack of hotels, lack of employees, all that. Uh, Calgary uh, is on fire because of the oil and gas. So it, uh, it's a really good thing for our country with uh, all the uh, reserves they're finding, and uh, there's a big push to uh, for natural gas-powered vehicles. Right. So um, I'm really happy we've we're um, these companies are doing well and we're finding all this 
new ways to extract oil and gas out of what was thought to be bad ground. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting you say Pennsylvania because I hail from western Pennsylvania. And the movie, I think it came out last year, Promised Land, Mm -hmm. which was about fracking. And I'm not on any side of that political discussion. The only reason I bring it up is the town that it was filmed in is actually my hometown in western Pennsylvania. When I grew up there, we had 1,500 people. And that was the heyday of those kind of towns because it's a steel mill, coal mining town. And to see that they filmed it in this town where I go, I used to go to that bar. I used to go. It is crazy i don't know how they picked my hometown to do that because there's probably a million little towns like that across the country but interesting well, I, I hail from a small town in kansas as well so okay. I, I know what that's all about okay um let's move on then you you talked about companies that are growing who who don't have the financial infrastructure who are raising capital i understand that your company assists many firms that are preparing for a sale or a capital raise can you explain what it is that hardesty llc does for those firms sure um for the big companies, the big Fortune 500 companies, they have uh, plenty of people around who can assist with a sale. They're sort of prepared for a sale. It happens all the time. For your classic, you know, Southern California, $30 million aerospace company, they don't have those sorts of resources laying around. Or So when it comes time to prepare the company for sale, we will go in there uh, as a skilled CFO who's been through many transactions, who knows the industry, knows what the buyers are going to be looking for, and just like preparing your house for sale, there's a whole process for preparing a company for sale. Sometimes that process will take a year or two. It means you know getting all the audits, um, process and procedures in place, controls, all the things the buyer is going to want to see. And the buyer might be a strategic buyer, could be a private equity firm. But whoever that buyer is, you want to be prepared for them. We know what they're going to ask for, and so we help those companies working in conjunction with the investment bankers, the CPAs, and the attorneys to get that company prepared for a sale. So in your experience, it's kind of a one- to two-year. It feels like, in in our outside conversations as well, it really feels like it's kind of a two-year window to really get your company in a position, if you haven't haven't gone through the process before, to be ready to present the information in a way that, you know, that a strategic buyer or an investor may be looking for. Sure. Two years we invest. um, In some cases, you you just don't have that much time. There's a deadline that the ownership wants to sell it. So you have to go to market you know, when the market's hot, what I would, what I would suggest to, uh, entrepreneurs and owners of these businesses is you, you should be prepared because the offer might come along when you're not ready. Right. Especially and, from a strategic buyer. Absolutely. And the prices might be highest when you're not ready. So you don't want to be ready when prices are lowest. So it's, it's hard for these entrepreneurs to, to spend the money and what they think is just corporate overhead but it's really sort of investment in the future because you're, if you're going to sell your company, you're going to have to do it at some point in time. So why not do it in increments and uh, be ready? And because um, sometimes you you just don't want that that to go away. There are many companies that were trying to get ready before the recession and right. they weren't, weren't quite ready, and the prices were very high, and they had to wait five years until now. Prices are high again. Okay, and, that's good uh, to know. But they would have preferred to sell five years ago. So now, now they can. But um, you know, they they missed the window because they weren't ready. Right. Okay. We've got about uh, three or four minutes left before our next break, Carl. But you know, you started your firm two and a half years ago, and I'm wondering what has transpired since you found the company. Well, the goal was to create a national executive services firm with ten to twelve offices in major metropolitan areas around the country. We're well along that way. We have offices in, in Houston, San Francisco, Orange County, Los Angeles. And uh, my goal for 2014 is open office either in Atlanta, Chicago, Boston, or Dallas. 
So um, business has been good. Uh, we're very blessed to have the business we, we have. We're hoping to be on somebody's fastest-growing company list next year. Okay. If we would have um, started a month or two early, we would have been, been very high on the Orange County fastest-growing list, maybe uh-huh. in, in the top ten. Wow. Um, so um, business growth is good, and um, there's a need for what we do. This isn't a sophisticated right. sale. So when, uh, And we have great referral sources, other trusted advisors who uh, refer us into their clients because they know that we do good work. From the members of your team that I've met, you have some of the best in your field. From what I can tell, the quality of the people that you bring, that you've attracted the hardest, the LLC, is is unparalleled. Well, thank you. And we're very picky about who we hire because, obviously, they're out representing us and the, and the name. And, you know, we have to perform for our clients. And if we don't perform, they don't call us back. Especially, we do a lot of work with the private equity community, and you're only as good as your last uh, dance, right? We do a lot of work with those guys. We want them to call us back and help have them, uh, have us help them with their, their companies. Um, and uh, we have built up a good reputation, and we treat people right. We treat our partners right. We treat our clients right. And we sort of guarantee our work. If you're not happy, you know, we'll get you somebody else until you are happy. And this is such an important function, not only when you're getting ready to sell your company. I almost say, Carl, I think that it's a best practice to treat your firm like you're going to get ready to sell it, because I think you do things. It's sort of like when you get ready to sell your house. When you sell your house, it's sort of in the best shape it's been in in years. Why not live in that house in that condition? I think the same thing goes with how you run your business, especially from a financial perspective. You're absolutely right. And so many entrepreneurs have a hard time doing that because, they, again, they just see it as corporate overhead. It's not exciting for them to establish policy and procedure and controls. They'd rather go sell another widget, right? right? So, But it's very important when a buyer is, is scouring their books and records to find a, a way to reduce the price. So uh, it's very hard to do. But, you know, the public companies have to do that. They're required by law under Sarbanes-Oxley to do these procedures. Um, I'm not suggesting they do all those, but some of those would be very good for the entrepreneur wanting to sell his company. Get ready, even if you're not going to sell it. Some of these things will actually make you more efficient. They'll reduce your taxes and fees, proper planning, and, uh, you know, you just never can tell when that, that big buyer with loads of cash is going to show up at your doorstep and say, right. let's go. Well, I'm so encouraged by you telling me that the prices and the valuations are back up. We're going to take our commercial break, and we're talking with Carl Hardesty, who's founder of Hardesty LLC. Carl, when we come back, I'm going to ask you, because we are towards the end of the year here, for those of you that are listening live or recently as a podcast, uh, what are some of the planning ideas for companies as year-end approaches? So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. This is our third and final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We'll be back in two minutes. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. He used to pester me for a walk. 
Now, it's the other way around. Hoag Physicians perform more orthopedic procedures than any other hospital in Orange County. Our orthopedic program, in fact, ranks among the top five in the entire country. So whatever it is you live for, you can get back to it sooner. Because as it turns out, the best part of life is simply living it. Hoag for life. Visit us at www.hoag.org. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. We would like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who have downloaded our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,000 copies of our show over the past 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued support. All of our shows can be heard live here on Internet Radio Station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, let's get back to Carl Hardesty, who is the founder of his own firm, Hardesty LLC, just blowing up and growing across the country. Before the break, I said I was going to ask you to give a little insight, a little free consulting, Carl. What are some planning ideas for companies as year-end approaches? Well, for most companies, uh, it's tax time, right? They're, they're, especially if you're an entrepreneur, it's how do I save taxes? So there's some very basic things you can do to save taxes. The first thing you should do is meet and do a little planning with your, your CPA, um, but they're going to tell you a lot of a lot of smaller companies are on a, a, t- a cash basis for tax, which means you can um, uh, you get deductions when you pay for things. It might make sense to accelerate certain payments, take those deductions this year. In some cases, you can defer income by um, you know if the cash comes in in 2014, that's 2014 income. Right. Those are some very basic things. If you're if you're now, you can't take advantage of that if you're a bigger company on an accrual basis tax system, but um, a lot of companies aren't. And uh, the best advice is meet with your local, your, you know, your your CPA, your tax advisor, and go over the um, pros and cons of, um, you know, various techniques for saving tax dollars. Right. Thank you. Um, let's talk about trends. You know, you, you talked about your client demographic across the country. Are you and is your firm noticing any specific trends as it relates to your clients? I would say the uh, the biggest overall trend is companies are slowly getting healthier. And um, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, they're still tentative, and you know we do a lot of interim to permanent hire. So they want to try, you know, maybe a part time person, maybe change it up to full time, and then maybe convert it to an employee. We see that a lot, and we've been doing a lot of conversions recently, meaning. You know, they're a little more comfortable with hiring that person, making a longer-term commitment to that, that person, and um, that's a good thing. So, um, you know, we're here to provide whatever service they need, whether it's a permanent employee or inter-employee. Generally, and we have some clients that are doing fantastic. We have one client that's in the, uh, uh, they supply the, um, the cellular phone uh, antenna industry, and they're, there's lots of huge capital improvements going right. on by, you know, AT&T, Verizon. Uh, and they're part of that system, and they're doing fantastic, um, growing and, and blowing. So, um, so most of our clients are, are doing better than they did last year, and um, they're just very cautious. And um, uh, you know, capital is cheap these days. Banks are very aggressive, so it's a good time uh, if you're a good solid company to borrow money. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to sell your company or, or sell a portion of your company. There's huge amounts of capital uh, available, um, and it's very competitive. So you'll have people fighting over the chance to provide you with capital. And um, prices are very high. You know, I was talking to an M&A attorney yesterday. It's a good time to be a seller if you're ready. 
uh, because there are plenty of buyers. There's, there's trillions of dollars of dry capital waiting to be deployed in this country for investments. I get very... It's hard to imagine that I'm talking to a, a owner of a firm that provides CFOs and interim financial... Ex, and getting this excited from the conversation. No disrespect intended, because you're an exciting guest. You've always been. That's why you're here for the third time, Carl. But it's great to hear that. You know, many of our, our audience are business owners of under $30 million companies. Right. And it's one of the areas that I find that they underinvest in is in their financial uh, management, cash management, reporting, forecasting... Can you, from your experience, help those people to understand what type of financial professionals, whether it's full-time, interim, part-time, should they have in their business to really help them not only get accurate, backward-looking financials, mm -hmm. but actual forward planning, strategic thinking, financial service help? Right. Well, one thing that we provide is um, you don't... Um uh, have to hire a full-time CFO, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, whatever these guys work. They typically work more than 40. You can hire a CFO for eight hours a week for two days a month, and you'd be surprised at what value that experienced person uh, can deliver and the mistakes. We see a lot of mistakes made by entrepreneurs when we get in. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit, and many times we're, we're able to pay for our fees for one or two years by the savings we find in the first couple of months. So I would say just be aware that through us or, or through other firms, there are ways you can hire experienced part-time CFOs that are um, industry-specific that can deliver value, um, and then you can increase that as your company grows. But um, you should not um, go without that sort of you know strategic advice. You know, companies can be profitable and grow themselves right out of working capital because right. if you think about it, your cash receivables going up, your payables are going up. Sometimes you just run out of working capital even though you're doing fine because you haven't properly planned for working capital financing through your bank and all of a sudden you're, you're, you can't make payroll, but you're a profitable company. Okay, you got to avoid those types of things by, by looking in, you know, not in a rear view mirror, but looking forward. Right. And a good financial management person, professional, can do that for you. Yeah, I find it's universal. They have a bookkeeper that they trust, yes. and they have a CPA firm that they work closely with. Yes. But many times, it's not much more than that, certainly inside right. their business. Right. Maybe they have a controller. Maybe that person is part-time. Rarely do they do strategic forward thinking with someone who has CFO chops and credentials. Right. I mean, we'll see, a, we'll see a, an entrepreneur invest in a top sales guy, maybe a top plant manager, or um, a top technology person, but they very rarely invest early on in the top financial person. And right. you're, you're right. Right. So, talking about technology, how has technology and social networking affected your business? It's affected it quite a bit. Um, it's interesting. I, I think we're always going to need um, connectors of um, people who are doing recruiting and, and helping companies find talent. You, you still have to sit down face-to-face -face at some point and talk to somebody. But through things like Skype and LinkedIn and um, you know, it's very easy to be visible now and to promote yourself to the world, even in a passive capacity. Um, and um, you know, we're not we're not necessarily you know, we don't use a lot of Twitter stuff in our business right now. Pretty easy to to find a lot of people quickly now through uh, the various social media um, available. We use all the electronic job boards and can cast a very wide net. But what what it doesn't do is you still got to sit down, have a face to face conversation, sort of you know get in the sheets a little bit, and what what what's this person really about, and uh, are they going to fit with this particular client? It is a lot easier to to find talent these days. Um, 
Okay, my engineer told me I have two minutes left, and, and I have a question. I'm not sure we can fit into two minutes, but I know if anybody can, you can. The new health care legislation is a hot topic, right? Right. How has it affected your clients and your business? Every company right now is making a decision whether or not to be in the healthcare business. And uh, actually, I used to be in the healthcare um, practice management business, so I, I know this space. I know how complicated it is. And as a small uh, employer, I have to deal with it myself. And um, I cannot renew my existing health plan January 1st. So um, we, we early early adopted before that the law expired. So. Um, we have another year to think about it, and that's exactly what we did. Um, that was our option, but um, a lot of things are going to unfold in here in the next 12 months. It's just um, it's so expensive these days what, uh, for health care, and um, you know, I think a lot of employers are going to employers are going to decide: Am I going to be in the healthcare business, or am I going to have my employees go to the exchanges? Uh-huh. Because it is a it's just a huge amount of money that um, on both sides for the employer and the employee. So I'm going to have to have you back next year, Carl, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this as it continues to evolve. You good with that? Yeah, absolutely, and it will evolve. Uh, we, we don't know where it's going to go, but it, it'll be evolving. Right. It's a moving It's a moving target and an important one for business owners and CEOs to learn more about. I think they're a little bit on information overload right now. At least I know the, the clients that I work with. It's almost like I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm just so sick and tired of it. Give me a break from it. But next year we're going to have to really get back into it. Right, and, and that's exactly what we did. We, 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 there was so much to look at. We decided we're going to early renew for our health plan and it's going to give us a year to evaluate what to do next right all right so if someone would like to learn more about hardesty llc how do they find you online carl well if you just go type in hardesty llc and our our website will come up and And how uh, do you spell hardesty it's h-a-r-d-e-s-t-y with an llc added to it that's easy easy enough all right thank you for being a great recurring guest and a member of our community and a fan and a, and a friend of the program. Thank you very much. Thank Great you. Great to be here. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'd like to thank today's engineer, Paul Roberts, our brand-new producer, Crystal Nunley, who's here in the studio. It's her first day on the job. We're excited to have her. I'd like to say thank you to our previous producer, Rachel Franzi, for the wonderful job that she did. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard, and our marketing communications manager is Kelly Faltus. Until the next time we have a chance to talk, this is the host, Rick Franzi, saying, I hope all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show, right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net.